Hello and welcome to In the Days of Noor with me, Noor, where we talk about Islamic-related topics and social issues. So today I wanted to talk about a topic I've spoken about before, which is transgenderism or being transgender, transgender movement. And that is because recently a book was released that will include my essay on the transgender movement called Female... So if you're interested in checking the book out, you can go to femaleerasure.com or you can look for the book on createspace.com. And so in honor of that, I'm going to just read some of the comments and people have left me about the book um, since the time, excuse me, about the essay since the time it's been released. And because I recently got a new phone and I finally downloaded the Facebook Messenger app, then I see all these messages pop up that I somehow missed before. And so I saw a lot of essays about my essay on transgenderism. So I'm going to read a few of the responses, inshallah ta'ala, in honor of this book. So we have... Evans, who said, and I'm just going to be saying people's first names, so hopefully that won't identify anyone. Uh, we have Evan, who said, Nurdeen, your article on transgender issues was very educative. And you brought the issue into its rightful perspective. What a life. And then... We have then we have Jason who says, "Hi, Nerdine. I just read your piece on transsexualism from a year back. I thought it was earnest and inquisitive. I wanted to suggest, however, that you engage with the substantial body of work on transgender identities before you dismiss the movement." One reference to an interview with Caitlyn Jenner is not, in my honest opinion, honest work. Peace, J.S. So this is a criticism that I actually heard quite a bit from other people, which is that I didn't look into the movement, I wasn't informed about the movement, I didn't do enough research on the movement, And I'll be the first to say that I'm not an expert on transgenderism, transsexualism, the transgender movement, etc. Yet at the same time, I think that those who are steeped in the movement are also guilty of the same thing that they may accuse me or others for, which is that they don't read enough about those who are against the movement. And not only against the movement for religious reasons, also against the movement because they think it's bad for society, also against the movement because they think scientifically it just doesn't logically make sense that you cannot externally become a a woman, you cannot become the other sex. This is something that's hardwired not only into our outer appearance, but also into our genetics. There are some who say who criticize the the procedure that say that transgender people do not end up any better than they were before the procedure than after. Now, on the other side of the fence, 
And people will say, well, that's because they face so much uh, criticism and um, and discrimination, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's why they're unhappy and that's why they have higher suicide rates. Now, I guess it's a, a sort of chicken and egg kind of argument and it's one that would take a lot of research to know to know why transgender people would have su- uh, higher suicide rates. Um, and we'll see if our society continues the way it is going to be more accepting of this movement. We'll see if those rates go down. We'll see if transgender people after having these surgeries are happier or if they're in the same place. So we have another critique from Kristen Bohar. So let's see here. Kristen Bo oh ex- <laughs> well I pronounced her last name wrong anyway. Kristen Kristen asks me, do you honestly feel that every transgender person just has a psychological disorder? And so I'm going to read the whole conversation because this is the only person that I actually had a sort of back and forth with until I guess they blocked me. I'm not really sure what because I couldn't answer back. Um, But they said, uh, do I think that every transgender person just has a psychological disorder? And I said, yes, being unable to relate to one's body, feeling estranged from it, etc. is a psychological disorder that that's not really a question up for discussion. The question up for discussion is what the individual should do about it. How the psychological community should deal with it, look up gender dysphoria. So gender dysphoria, gender dysmorphic disorder, gender identity disorder, or whatever they're calling it this these days, is basically not one to not be able to relate to one's own body. There's a there's a disorder also called excuse me. <laughs> I don't know why I feel like I'm rushing, but there's a disorder also called body dysmorphic disorder. And it's the same sort of thing, but it's not just about sex and gender. It could be anything. Just feeling this sort of estrangement from one's body. Uh, It even happens with people who are able-bodied people feeling estranged from an arm or a hand. It can manifest itself in really interesting ways. So... It is a psychological disease, and when people say it's not a psychological disease or disorder, I know that what they're trying to say is it's not a negative thing. (laughs) So they're trying to sort of, they're trying to prop it up as it's okay, it's normal, it's just a life decision, and then therefore denying the psychological issues behind it. When that's not really the question that is up for grabs, at least as far as I know, in the psychological community. The question rather that's up for grabs is what do we do about someone who is biologically, for example, biologically a boy, physically a boy, but feels, identifies with being female? How do we deal with that in the psychological community? And in turn, how do we deal with that in society? 
And obviously there have been many different answers to that. Unfortunately now it seems that people feel there's only one uniform answer to that question, which is go and get the surgery. Go and match your body to your thoughts. Which obviously has so many flaws because for people who have an estrangement from their arm, for example, and this has happened. This this is a real psychological disorder where people feel estranged from their arm, from their leg, from their foot, from whatever part of their body, and they amputate themselves. Now, no one would ever say to someone who suffered from that kind of issue, um, yeah, that that's totally fine. You don't relate to your arm, or you don't feel like an able-bodied part person. You relate you you uh feel like a disabled person will just go and match your body to your state of mind because that's essentially what we're saying and to say no that's what you're that's not what you're saying is to not have any real philosophy and everything that we are trying to preach that we're trying to argue should have a philosophy behind it it should be able to be applied to many different things Now, if someone's philosophy is simply, well, just live and let live, just let people do what they want to do, well, okay, I guess that can be applied in more situations. I suppose that is a, maybe a better argument than trying to say that somehow because someone has, identifies with a particular mode of being that doesn't match reality, they should try and match reality to what's in their mind. But obviously, even the live and let live doesn't work, though it works better. And why... Right, so, but even that has its limits in terms of society. But first, let me get to psychology. As psychologists, I'm not a psychologist yet. My background is in psychology. I have a master's in psychology. As people in the field of psychology, what we essentially do is tell people what behavior is normal and what behavior is abnormal that is the business of psychology i'm not saying that's a bad thing but that is what we do so to you can't say your principle behind encouraging or allowing a transgender person to go and get the surgery it can't be live and let live because that's not how psychology operates if someone for example is suffering, and we even use the term suffering from anorexia, we can have them submitted to a hospital. I mean, I don't know if you can have them submitted against their will, probably not. But from a psychological point of view, anorexia is a disorder. It's a disorder that needs to be fixed. From a psychological point of view, bulimia is a disorder. It's a disorder that needs to be fixed. So you can't say to me or to anyone else that somehow it's wrong to say that transgenderism is a disorder or it's birthed out of the gender identity disorder. It's not wrong to say that something is a disorder. We do it every single day. If someone is exceptionally sad for a period of time, we call that depression, we don't, so we, we don't live and let live in the psychology profession. So to pretend as if we don't 
name things and give give um, groups of behaviors a, a disorder tag, a normal tag, or an abnormal tag is this disingenuous. We do it every single day. That's what psychology is about. Now, the, the second issue as well is, as people in the field of psychology, we shouldn't be sort of letting the, the tail wag the donkey, as the saying goes. We should not let allow society to drive psychology. That doesn't mean that psychology should be completely absent from society, but there does need to be some distance because it, one of the beautiful things I went to a, a psychology, um, just kind of a forum, someone was talking about their case, and it was so interesting to discuss it because, well, one, is just interesting to me, of course, psychology and discussing cases. I've always loved discussing cases that probably first drew me to psychology and knowing that I wanted to do psychology. But it was the fact that when you're in a client-therapist relationship, when you're in the field of psychology and you're the psychologist, you're the therapist, you have to both be in the relationship with the client while also being observant of that relationship. You're not just in it because if you're just in it, you're not useful as a therapist, as a psychologist. You have to be in it and observe it, and which is why it's a skill, because we can't all do that. And we shouldn't all do that. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do that in every normal conversation to be analyzing everything about the person while also having a conversation with them. It's, it's not even polite, <laughs> you know, in our normal interactions. But it's so vital, it's so important to do in psychology. And so we need to be looking at this transgender issue not just as here's this big powerful movement that's coming about just like the homosexual movement did decades ago and they're putting pressure on us maybe it's just societal pressure maybe they do have lobbies maybe they do or maybe they don't but either way obviously we live in in society and unfortunately we are being pressured by that society to make quick decisions based on not much of anything there are there is evidence that transgender this transgender surgery is bad for people and at the very least that it does nothing good for people but we're not allowed to actually sit with the evidence and look at these cases give ourselves 10 years to really look at this stuff and see is this actually good for society is this actually good for the patient no we're forced to make quick decisions even i don't know if it's completely state why uh i don't know if it's from the federal um, branch or if it's state by state I'm not sure but there are laws against for example um, two things laws against trying to make someone who is a homosexual be straight and laws against trying to make someone who's transgender uh, comfortable with their gender now I'm against making anyone do anything that's not my that's not what I see myself as doing in the psychology profession. It's not my job to make anyone do anything, to tell anyone to do anything. But I think it is my job to facilitate them in what is best in their life, to make them as reflective as possible. And I think it's dangerous for any psychologist and for the psychology community to either be forced from the outside or from the inside to not allow our clients to be whoever it is they truly are. 
Now, maybe at the end of the day, that person will go out and get the surgery. But there should be serious therapy about it. There should be, there should be serious alternatives so that, yeah, okay, maybe you want to do this. But maybe you want to do this. Or maybe you want to do this. That you actually are allowed to give people choices. And unfortunately, instead of giving people choices, which is what whoever you want to call it, liberals, modern day people, whatever, think they're doing. Oh, just live and let live, let, let everybody do what they want to do. That's not what they're doing. They're saying, oh, you, we, we see our little boy slipping a dress on. Oh, he likes pink. Oh, he likes dolls. He must be transgender. Let's go and get him that surgery. That's not choice. That's not freedom. And to me, yes, I as a Muslim, if I if that was the scenario, well, as a Muslim and as someone with a psychology background, if I saw that from my child, if I saw that they were taking on very foreign um, gender norms, or not foreign, but like opposite gender norms, for example, if I had a girl who was playing trucks or something, whatever the cliche would be. I think the first thing I would do is ask the questions. Now, yes, I, maybe I would take the toy away first, but it really depends because I think one thing we also do that is harmful is that when we push people towards certain paths, what we also do when the, when the parent sees their child with the doll and says, oh, he must be gay or he must be transgender, or they see the girl with who likes to play in dirt and play with the trucks. Oh, she must be gay. She must be transgender. We push people towards a certain path. That's not real freedom. And then what we also do is we confine them. We say, you have to be this very specific, narrow version of what it means to be a girl or what it means to be a boy, or you must be other. We don't allow people to be different types of women anymore. No, if you're a different type of women, oh, you must be gay. You must be a transgender. If you're a different kind of man, oh, you must be gay. You must be transgender. Whatever just happened to being different, to being a little bit different. And we know, of course, in our religion, for men to to imitate women or women to imitate men is wrong. But that that doesn't mean, for example... Um, we know that Khadija and her. We know that she worked and she was a businesswoman and she had men working for her. This is the the wife of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We know that the the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam took care of his home. D- does that does that mean something about them? Does that mean that they didn't fit gender norms? That they weren't manly or feminine enough? Of course not. It means that. It's okay to expand your options as a man or a woman within limit. But the limit should not be so confined. The limit shouldn't be if you're a born, you like pink. Oh my God, you must be gay. And whether that means, depending on your family, oh my God, you must be gay, so we're going to try and beat it out of you. Or, oh my God, you must be gay, so let's embrace it and give you gay literature and tell you how great it is to be gay. No, let's let's relax. <laughs> How about that? Let's let kids be kids. Let's let children make up their own mind. Because one of the things that upsets me most about the transgender movement is that it is pushing on the younger children. Parents are seeing their child doing anything outside of the gender norms or 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 saying 
Maybe the child is a girl and they say, I want to be a boy. Or the child is a boy and they say, I want to be a girl. Maybe they're very adamant about it. But why do we then as adults have to go to the extreme of putting them in this life of life-changing surgery? Let them make that decision when they're 18, not when they're 6, not when they're 10. And then when people are adults and they come into our care in the psychological profession, let them really and truly make their own decision. Don't come with this set of ideas that it is only right that if you don't identify with your gender, you should get this surgery so that you can look like this gender you identify with. Because what a lot of people realize is that if I'm a woman and I identify with being a man, so I'm a, I'm someone who looks like a woman, I'm giving you an example, obviously, someone who looks like a woman, but I feel like a man. Okay, I get the surgery. Now I look like a man. and I th- Maybe I feel like a man, so I look like a man, I feel like a man. But I have the past of a woman. I still have some genetics of a woman. I can still relate to women because I was one before like it's never going to be completely aligned because you weren't born that way it's never going to be completely aligned why isn't that okay though like why isn't it okay if you're a man who's slightly more sensitive than the men around you or if you're a woman who's slightly tougher than the women around you why is that something that needs to be figured out? Why is that something that needs to be fixed? We, mu- we have to fix ourselves, to align ourselves, to put ourselves in new boxes, to confine ourselves to new rules. That's all they are. They're new boxes. They're new rules. They're not expansions of anything. And so my, my essay on transgenderism, even though it's included in this book on female erasure, and I did, I had a line in the essay about the offense that it is to women that for any man to simply think he can dress up as a woman and now he's a woman and vice versa. But that is not really at the heart of my discussion. The heart of my discussion is to look into our hearts, is to not be obsessed with the physical, to not be obsessed with our physical manifestations and not be obsessed even with our minds to the point where we must find out exactly which box do I fit in? Which box exactly do I fit in? It's not okay to be yourself anymore. It's not okay to be a little bit weird. (laughs) It's not okay anymore. You have to fit into someone's tiny box for you. And what I'm really saying is let's rethink that. Is it wrong for us to take our time with something as precious as science and people's mental health and psychology? Is that wrong? Is it wrong for us to research this thing for 10 years, for us to do some longitudinal studies on transgender people before we go out to the masses talking about how wonderful it is to get these surgeries? Is that wrong to tell people that they might not want to get a surgery? That, that completely changes their body, that ruins their body, and that you can't go back from. There are people, there was a man, and you can read his essays, it'll probably come up if you type in transgenderism or transgender on the publicdiscourse.com. There are people who have had the surgery, regretted it, but you can't go back. Do they tell you that you can't go back? 
Do they tell you about the stories of people who wanted to go back? It doesn't matter if it's only 1%. It doesn't matter if it's only 1% of 1% because you can't go back. This surgery is worth us as a society taking our time to think about. And what's even worse than that is that as a society, we don't want to be reflective anymore. We don't like being reflective anymore. We just want to act. No more reflection. So we won't even ask the question, why, why is it? Why does it seem like there are more people who are unhappy with themselves? Because that, that's really what this is all about. If I'm a woman who feels like a man and I feel like my gender identity and my, gen, and my genetics and my biology, they just don't match up and I should get this surgery that's going to chop off parts of my body and reconstruct me so that hopefully I can one day be happy. Why don't we ask ourselves why so many people are unhappy? Why don't we ask ourselves that? Because we're so afraid as a society of asking the real questions, of being really reflective, reflective of the fact that maybe something is wrong with our society, and that's why more people are unhappy. Maybe it's the loss of religion. Maybe it's the loss of authentic cultures. Maybe it's the loss of nuclear family or extended family. Maybe it's the loss of trust in our government. Maybe who knows what. But we don't want to ask those questions. We want to pretend as if we're giving people freedom because we chop up their bodies and, and reconstruct them and promise them a better life. But they don't live better lives. And yet, this movement is growing. It's only growing and no one wants to hear the dissonant voices because they assume, I must just be filled with hate. I must just hate these people. Why should I hate them? Why should I hate Now, people pushing the movement... Yeah, that does upset me. It upsets me for people to be pushing any kind of science that is not really worked out yet, that we don't really know about yet. That does bother me, whether it's a pill or a surgery or, or a movement, whatever it is, that bothers me a lot because a lot of people can be harmed. But I don't hate these people. I feel, I feel sorry for them. But it, <laughs> the, the problem is that I still want to know why. I still want to know what's going on. I still want to know why you're hurting, especially as someone coming from a psychology background. I don't just want to give you a band-aid. I want to really know what the wound is and what's going on with the individuals and with our society. And so if you're interested in reading my essay again, or you can always read it still on the public discourse or just in honor of being honored to be featured in this book, Female Erasure, I wanted to revisit this topic and I'm really grateful to you all for reading the essay. It was my most read essay. Thousands of people read it. Alhamdulillah. And um, I'm grateful for that even though I accept the criticism that this is not my specialty. I'm guilty of that. But I'm really happy that people read it, and obviously there are people who were waiting to hear an alternative voice, and I'm glad I was able to give it to them. Thank you for listening. Take care.